All right. What is happening, everybody? Uh, this is Kyle Serlo, host of the Golf Guide podcast. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for listening. And we've got a great episode for you this week. Uh, my friend Jess Stemak is back. Uh, we're going to be talking um, a little bit of PGA Tour uh, and some other golf news for about the first 15, 20 minutes of the podcast. And then we're going to jump in and learn how exactly one has the ultimate awesome buddies golf trip down to Scottsdale um, based on some really terrific firsthand, uh, firsthand knowledge from my good friend Boat. So uh, you guys are in store for a really fun, uh, really fun podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. So without any further delay, here is another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is what I would consider to be the most highly anticipated podcast of this center of this decade yes of this decade i get, I get those confused the most you can antici- get a century I'm, co- I'm good with century. sure i would say the most anticipated podcast of the decade this is the first <laughs> time that i have had my co-host mr jess Stemak, back on the pod since the calendar turned to 2020 and i am beyond elated uh to be podcasting with you again boat my friend first of all happy new year how how, how have you been how are your holidays how how the hell are you man been good man uh, good holiday season uh you know just got back from scottsdale we'll talk about that yes we um, will. absolutely high school basketball season been taking in a few of a uh, few of the uh, local high school games and uh it's a it's a good time here to be entertained uh quick side tangent don't want to you know because there's probably about 97 percent of our listenership doesn't give a shit but uh yeah how, how are the Mont- montgomery vikings looking uh they're okay you know they always start slow and uh you know zach does a great job coaching them up and they improve a ton towards the end of the season and uh yeah, it, basically, the, their mo lately is um, you don't want to catch a hot Vikes team at the end of the season. Mm. Mm, absolutely, shout out to the Tiedemann clan. Well, well, well done, absolutely. Um, perfect, man. Uh, let's see. Anything else uh, shaken other than the uh, the local uh, high school sports scene back in Santa Rosa that uh, any of our listeners might want to be privy to? Oh man, uh, it's dumping today. The course yeah. was uh, getting back to pretty decent shape. Um, but yeah, we got this. I mean, it's supposed to rain an inch today. So yeah, yeah, it's the same. It's gonna uh, set us back a little bit. Yeah. So just to let you, everybody listening, know we're recording this podcast on Thursday, January sixteenth, twenty twenty. Boat is in Santa Rosa. I am in Chico, and uh, it's raining up here as well, man. It's kind of, it just has a general feeling of shittiness outside. So I, unfortunately, it's probably the same back uh, back in Santa Rosa as well. The Vikes are going to be back up in Chico for the uh, Chico High Panther invite, March 9th, Butte Creek Country Club. March 9th, Butte Creek Country Club. Just confirmed. my calendar right now. I am not out of town. I will be there as a spectator. We'll be there early Sunday. Uh, there will be hosted meals. Um, Joe Petrick is actually a Chico State Wildcat currently, so he meets up with us for a meal. And, Beautiful. Uh, we, we maybe over-order. Uh, give him some leftovers because he's mm. a broke college kid. Yeah, yeah, that's the right thing to do, Kyle. You yeah. got to pay it forward. I, I 100% agree. As a, as my former Chico State Wildcat self would uh, be most appreciative of any any leftovers. Uh, we've got some we've got some big eaters on the team, and they tried to walk <laughs> away to the hotel room with like three quarters of a, of a uh, wheel when we left uh, Woodstock's. And I go, no, 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 no. Cash and and uh, Schroeder. That that's Mr. Petrix. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, three quarter wheel is an aggressive, an aggressive that's, play. Good. That, if a smart college kid can make that last for two to three days, yeah, that's that, that's incredible. Three, that's... three meal, you know, cold, and then maybe warm it up for dinner. But uh, uh, that, yeah, that's that's college kids' dream right yeah, there. That that is phenomenal culinary management. By the by the way, that's that, that is good yep. stuff. Um, awesome, man. Well, hey, boat. I, I got to tell you, brother, it has now officially been like a month since we have last uh, last talked and got a chance to do a podcast together and. Admittedly, you know, luckily, I guess there's not been a lot of professional golf going on, uh, so there's not too much to cover. But there have been a few different Pres- stories. President's Cup was awesome. President's Cup was awesome. Now, did we get a chance? Did we talk right after the President's Cup? I don't think we recapped, but that was awesome. Was really awesome. proud of, really proud of the singles play. Um, even your guy Patrick Reed to just come out and put the foot on the guy's throat. That was uh, sent a message to that raucous crowd. Absolutely. Which, by the but way, that was, that was great. I mean, that was how great was that event? It was. Uh, I got to tell you, man, it was really entertaining to watch. Uh, I I enjoyed the tournament immensely. I, admittedly, it kind of as as the tournament went along, um, I I started to not care as much about who the actual like victor was because I, I was, hear you because I was I just hear, enjoying like, the tournament so much. I just liked watching all the competition in the, and in the, the back of our mind. Of course, we wanted the red, white, and blue to sure, win. Sure, but. Uh, the, the the quality of golf that was being played, it was like okay, everyone's winning. Yeah, the 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 viewers are winning, the fans are winning. It was such a no one limped in. There were it was great. Yeah, that was that was really good golf. Yeah, I I, I agree, man. And that, what the crazy thing is, and maybe it played a part in me not um, caring that much uh, as to who won. Is that the international team had so many golfers on it that I really really like and really enjoy watching that it did make it difficult for me to firmly back the red white and blue the way I, I feel like i normally wouldn't like a Ryder cup or something like that but overall a wildly entertaining uh golf tournament which well, you and i on the next podcast after this one we're gonna have to talk about more at length because it spurned a really hot debate between uh different yes, factions of the media which uh, we were going to do this week but i don't know if we'll have enough time to so we want to hit that at length uh yep. which we're hopefully going to be able to do next week but uh overall presence cup great after that there was a couple week hiatus and then uh we got Two tournaments in early January, both on the Hawaiian Islands, the Century Tournament of Champions and the Sony Open. Um, without spending too much time on these boat, uh, yeah. did you have an opportunity to watch each of the uh, first two tournaments of the year? Yeah, I did. You know, they uh, they, they redid, resurfaced um, all of the plantation course. Uh, greens yeah. were firmer. Uh, they had less grain. People were making putts. I mean, Patrick Reed's putting stats were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fairways were just super soft, super soft. Golf yeah. course played a long way. So those guys are struggling to get home in two on 18 when it's usually some of those guys are hitting like hybrid or long iron in. Uh, they weren't getting any roll. Uh, scores were still fairly good. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's always a, I mean, it's gorgeous, right? Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. So it's always a fun tournament to watch on TV. 100%. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it's beautiful. Justin Thomas, well, you know, I, I – I feel yeah, weird, I mean, you know, saying I was surprised that Justin Thomas won because I guess I'm not that surprised, but I'm also you're just surprised because Xander gagged a little bit. Yeah, um, but that's okay, man. Those guys, hey, like we talked about, those guys came through in the Presidents Cup. Those guys are going to be stalwarts for the Americans for years to come. Those guys are just really good, man. Yeah. Well, this is a precursor to something we're going to talk about after uh, we touch on the Sony real quick. But what did you think about Patrick Reed? Was it a chance to put force a playoff or a chance to win? On 18, where the second his uh, his putter uh, makes contact with the golf ball, you got somebody yeah. in the crowd just yelling "cheater" at him as as the as the ball is trying to track. What what, what were your that, thoughts on I that? I think that was to extend. 
It was um, to extend. Okay. I think that was to extend. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like we were talking to before everyone else is talking about how his PR team needs to totally just like reshape him. You know what I mean? <laughs> because if that's going to keep happening, that's going to get so old. Like he needs to come out and make a statement and just own up to trying to trying to maybe skate the rules a little bit. Um, and he can, he can use the, you know, the verbiage, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't informed or uninformed, something along those lines, but he needs to say something where he admits a little bit of wrongdoing that, I mean, yeah, that would certainly help. <laughs> it's, I mean, he's just, he's just out there pretending like it's not going to chase him the rest of his career. And clearly we talked about the guy's mentally strong, but st- he's still human. You know what I mean? That's just like, that's like going back to the Daryl Strawberry days. Just every time he's Daryl, which I do at the golf course all the time. But um, you know, it's got to it's got to get old at some point. His manager's just like, dude, can we finally just put this behind us? Here's a statement. I wrote it for you. Just go up there and get behind the mic and do it. Yeah, that would be enough. Is enough. That I mean, would be just, helpful. Dude, he's digging himself such a hole. Well, I you know I know you are a um, I know you follow the the Barstool Sports, uh, yeah. you know golf uh, golf entity they have the foreplay, mm-hmm. uh, the foreplay guys, and I think they I saw something on social media where they had Chris DeMarco on in like the last week or two, and they were talking about oh he just yeah they, they were talking about Patrick Reed, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he's basically like it's really tough. Like it's actually a lot of work to be like a huge dick and like a huge asshole. It's a lot easier to be a nice guy. And like, man, he's just trying so fucking hard. When he put it like that, it made so much sense. It just simplified the whole situation. It's like, it's, it's natural in the human nature to be nice to other people. Uh, You know, you learn that when you're a kid from your mom, from your kindergarten teacher, like treat people the way you want to be treated. And he's totally just going around that theory. Just very odd. I don't get it. Very, very odd. Um, and then let's say so. If we're moving on from the uh, the tournament of champions boat, we'll go on to last weekend's Sony Open. Any quick thoughts on Brennan Steele choking, Cameron Smith winning? Uh, is I mean, shoot, I mean, wasn't Cameron Smith the one that was kind of calling out? He Patrick was the Reed? he was the instigator. I don't care for Cameron Smith because he was basically trying to fire up the Australian crowd and international crowd to root against a team. It's like you never. You know, we're taught you never root against someone, you know, like even in high school, there was those kids that you could tell that were like blatantly rooting against you over a five foot putt, you know, or a tee shot with trouble. Um, You could feel that you feel that as a human, but you never want to root against someone. I mean, you look at some of the greatest duels ever, Nicholas Watson and, you know, afterwards, Nicholas comes up and he grabs him by the neck and he says, Tom, I gave you my absolute best. Congratulations. You know, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. You got it you got to want to beat a guy at his best. You don't want to beat a guy at his worst. You no. know what I mean? No. And what Cameron Smith was doing, that's, I, it's, that's not, it's not in a way game. You're not in a stadium. You know what I mean? It's, and I know it goes the other way for when, when, you know, especially the Europeans are here and for the Ryder cup, uh, you know, things got a little hazy at Hazeltine. Um, but <laughs> that is a nice way to put it. <laughs> none of our player, none of our players, were the ones we're that going, were instigating hey, and trying to get him to do exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So not a Cameron Smith fan. The flat bill thing um, rubs me the wrong way, too. He's a Daryl. Um, so were you rooting I against feel, Cameron I Smith at the Sony Open? I was not. I wouldn't watch any of it because I was in Scottsdale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looked wet, man. And uh, 
I was in Scottsdale and there were playoffs on on Sunday, so I was not watching any golf on See, Sunday. That, that's it, man. Like I didn't watch a single second of the final round. I mean, yeah. that's uh, I, I mentioned this on last week's podcast when I was riding solo. Um, and I actually want to throw this out to you real quick and see what you think. Yeah. When you're when you're playing in Hawaii, um, obviously with a time change, if you're playing, if you're teeing off at noon, that's six p.m. on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, why? And given the fact that there's no tournaments before, you know, like there's a couple weeks open before. And then they go back to the mainland uh, like yeah. the week following. W- wouldn't it seem like it would might be a good time to try out the whole? Hey, let's have a tournament on Monday through Thursday, like the uh, Nationwide or KFC Tour this week. Uh, is is the KFC Tour doing that this it, week? It just ended yesterday. Well, Tommy Gainey. How about that? How about two to Tommy two gloves? Tommy two gloves prostitution ring. Wow. We can talk 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 about a little, uh, little bit about that, but uh, yeah. Um, no, Hey, I'm with you. And that was the only live, really live sports on. Um, so we, we tuned in in the golf shop and watched us some KFC tour golf. Well, shit, man, at this time of year, there's playoff football Saturday and Sunday that, I mean, I don't care. Only the most junkie of like golf fans are not watching the NFL playoffs in order to watch the Sony open, watch Brendan Steele go head to head with Cameron Smith at the Sony open where, Dude, if you just move those tournaments up a couple of days and you had first round Monday, final round Thursday, and you basically have prime time golf in Hawaii Makes during the weekdays, dude, I feel like that would be an, an absolute smash hit. And uh, it's obviously, I, you know, it's not really in the PGA Tour style to do anything too outside of the box. So I don't anticipate no. that happening anytime soon. But it, to me, that would seem like such a better idea than trying to put these things up against several different sporting events that 99% of the American population is going to want to watch over golf. I agree. Yeah, so, I, I've never been to Hawaii, but quick story. <clears throat> please. Uh, my uncle was over there with his best friend, Larry Raber, and his two boys, Scotty, who played at Chico, and Tyler, who played at uh, Davis, and he played in the Open at Oakmont in 16, I think it was. Um, so Tyler's a bit of a, a perfectionist, really good player. Scotty's more laid back. Um, you know, I was on them with the trip to Scotland and Ireland, and the story goes Tyler misses a – three to four footer and goes how does that not break towards the water and scotty the younger brother with a great sense of humor goes tyler you're on a fucking island (laughs) 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 i I love telling that story because i can put myself right next to them and just see it happening all over again god that is very vivid scotty's very quick-witted I'm really excited to try and use that line the next time that I am playing golf on an island. You're on an island. That, yeah. that is so. Uh, it's yeah. it's kind of sad that I didn't know where you were going as yeah. as, as that story. <laughs> but it's oh, it's such a great line. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is absolutely cherry. That that is oh. phenomenal. Um, oh. Incredible. Well, uh, to stay on that, is any other uh, thoughts that you uh, you want to share with everybody on the two Hawaii tournaments, my friend? No. No. Um, you know they they got tough draws going up against basically the last last week of the nfl and playoffs it's they're kind of like the uh i don't know i'm sure they would love another schedule slot but uh it's okay it you know it's it's is what it is man it's nice for the players yeah yeah that is that is true nice the uh, players don't mind (laughs) yeah the players well the tour is about the players as i've been uh, reminded over and over and over again so yeah it should be um yeah so which is great uh if we're gonna stay on the professional game uh another quick little bit of news um since i am I, I do lean towards the architecture nerd side of the uh, the golfing spectrum. Uh, the news broke, I think, in the last week that Trinity Forest, uh, the course down in Texas designed by Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw, uh, is going to be hosting the Byron Nelson 
AT&T for the last time this year, which will end um, its run as the host of only three years. Um, I just saw that, yeah. Yeah, which is weird because that golf course looked awesome. Um, it was probably one of the most, you know, from a strategy standpoint, it, was, it certainly was one of the more interesting tour stops. And, yep. um, you know, when it's all said and done, the players in the PGA Tour are the ones that dictate, you know, their feedback is what tour operators use to determine their venues. And it does not seem like a lot of guys on the PGA Tour were huge fans. Um, I don't know if it had as much to do with the actual, you know, design and architecture of the golf course so much as it was, it was so open, there was no shade. And so everybody kind of got overheated and hot. Yeah. Um, I could the see them complaining about that. Right. Plus, it's supposed to be kind of a link style course that plays firm and fast and... Uh, a lot of tour pros said they didn't like that. So in the week before the tournament, oftentimes they would start to water a lot and soften up the golf course, which changed kind of, you know, changed the strategy and the way you play it. So it wasn't really playing the way that the architects had, uh, you know, basically built it to play. And, you know, it all was just kind of a, a sad mess. So uh, we will have our last glimpse at Trinity Forest, the PGA Tour stop um, this year. Well, that's like what time? What time year is it? Is it in May? They, I think they moved it up now. Where it used to be at a certain part of the calendar, but I think now it's a, it's a week before a major uh, stop. Now I, I, I don't have the calendar in front of me, but I want to say that it might be. Is it the, the week before the PGA? I think it might be the week before the PGA. Yeah. Huh. All right. Cool. So, you know, who knows? I mean, Trinity Forest not totally similar to Harding Park so I could see how guys might not think it's a huge you know a great place to tune up uh <laughs> yeah. so you know maybe maybe that played a factor as well who knows yep um let's see here uh oh next thing one one last uh, item regarding the professional tour here boat um yeah. this was something that I had uh, I told you about right before we started recording and I was a little surprised that you were not aware of this uh I don't I haven't seen any updates to this story since the news broke last week but uh it appears that Patrick Reed uh, has had an attorney of his, uh, has hired an attorney to um, try and get Brandel Chambly to stop calling him a cheater on the Golf Channel. He's uh, probably got like a team of attorneys, right? Yeah, I would imagine there is a, a, a firm of, of attorneys, if you will, that, have, uh, that are now trying to make an effort to get him to stop basically being labeled a cheater by one of the Golf Channel's top analysts. Boat, your thoughts. I mean, we know Brandel's outspoken, but uh, Patrick Reed just—that <laughs> uh, this doesn't look good. Doesn't it get back to that thing where it's like, man, you got to try really hard to be this big of a dumbass and this big of an asshole? Doesn't look good. Come on, come on the air and make an apology. Just, I mean, I hope that attorney is charging an insane amount of money. <laughs> do you realize what you're asking me to do? Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> He probably sent like four emails at like midnight. Homeboy attorney couldn't sleep. He's like, are you sure you yeah. want me to mail this? <laughs> like, you're sure. Like, you're sure, sure. Like, your, wa- your wife is on board with this? Um, it's, it's baffling. Oh. It, it really is baffling stuff. I, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, this this is kind of the last thing we'll touch on with about uh, P. Reed before we move on here, Boat. But, like, is there anything that Patrick Reed could do that would actually change, like, a large portion of the golf watching public's view and their perception about him. I mean, at this point, I feel like the hole is so deep that even if he came out and apologized, people would almost kind of treat it like a Matt Kuchar thing where after basically having his PR team tell him that he needs to stop being an insensitive asshole and apologize for stiffing your caddy, you know, after getting told that for two months, finally come out and saying, hey, 
you know, I can't, I'm sorry. And everybody's like, yeah, well, you probably should have said that two months ago. This just doesn't even feel genuine anymore. I feel like the same thing would happen if Patrick Reed did apologize. So what what could Patrick Reed even do to make a large portion of us feel like he's not a complete dickhead? You know, he could come out and just say, hey, I, I was wrong. And for every dollar I make on the tour this year, 25 cents of it is going to junior golf in the first tee, something along those lines. You know, the first he talks about integrity and, you know, etiquette and honesty, um, all that type of stuff to where he could, you know, you know, maybe I should have spent more time in the first he something along those lines, but he has to be totally just for, forgiving and apologetic and um, something along those lines, I think would go a long way. But as we can clearly tell, he's not in retreat mode at all. No, no, he is not. Uh, man, what a what a Daryl. <laughs> yeah, he is the definition of a Daryl. Uh, unbelievable. All right. Well, on a slightly more somber note, boat. Uh, let's move on to our last uh, our last item before we jump into the awesome uh, trip down to Scottsdale and uh, and Arizona that you had last weekend. Um, yeah. the last thing I wanted to do, and this is actually unfortunately a story that came out uh, just a few hours after we released last week's podcast, but. Um, the legendary architect Pete Dye passed away last week at the age of 94. Um, Pete Dye had a unbelievable impact on the world of golf. I mean, he's really the individual that brought back um, the schools of strategic, um, heroic, and penal architecture back into the world of golf. I mean, throughout the 40s, 50s, 40s and 50s, and into the 60s, um, that was kind of the Robert Trent Jones senior era of golf design, where things became mm-hmm. a little more milk toast. Um, there started to not be quite as much strategy and strategic value uh, built into golf courses. And Pete Dye is the one that kind of brought that back uh, from the golden age of architecture. And if you think about... He made you think. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, if you think about golf architecture kind of like uh, coaching, right? You know, like uh, this is actually an article that I've been really wanting to put together that maybe maybe I will at some point. But you know how in, you know, in football or anything else, there's the coaching trees, right? There's the, the yeah. Bill Walsh coaching tree. Yep. There's now yep. the Andy Reid yep. coaching tree. If you were in the world of golf course architecture to look at what the Pete Dye architecture tree is like, you would find every single modern golf course architect that matters in that tree. I mean, I he, it, his his impact is immeasurable. I mean, really, the, the guys who are more in demand um, and more sought after for designs than anyone else in North America, Tom Doak, Bill Corr, and Ben Crenshaw, they, they all learned under Pete Dye. Um, so... Really, I think I said it in a in a Facebook post. I mean, Pete Dye, whether you know whether you're really into golf course architecture or not, the man was an absolute titan uh, in the industry of golf. And uh, you know, I I just wanted to you know mention it because uh, he will be missed. And uh, I don't know. I, I just want to see if you had any memories of playing a Pete Dye course that you can recall. If you had a, a favorite Pete Dye course, um, I don't know. Bo, do you, any any thoughts just in general on uh, Mr. Dye or any of his work? He was um, mildly extreme. He had a vision. Uh, like I'm watching the stadium course down at TPC right now. They, the, the, the developers, they're like, we want you to build the toughest course you can. Which is awesome. And, which and is- that's to have that as the goal for a mind like Pete Dye, he was just going, whoa, 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 whoa. He was just <laughs> revving, you know, like, um, and uh, so yeah, it's, um, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Um, you know, obviously, my my dad passed, but he designed 
the nine hole course at Bing Maloney, and I never knew. Is that true? Tyler Tyler uh, Tyler Raber is like send me pictures on uh, Instagram stories going. Uh, Hey, you're, you know, I finally played it for the first time. Your dad could really shape some bunkers and greens. And, uh, I didn't know, but it, you know, a lot of people thought it was some of the best greens in the Valley and towers like, dude, it blew me away. The surfaces were unbelievable. So I never knew this, Kyle. I did, honestly, I didn't know this until five seconds ago. That's amazing. I, yeah. So I, I got to get over there and play the, play the uh, nine hole course of being Maloney. hundred uh, percent. And, uh, yeah. I, I think I'm going to need to join you. I think that sounds Absolutely. Yeah. Fa- fantastic. Um, pretty cool. But yeah, I was always, you know, I knew my dad worked on courses, but I never knew he did that, um, solo job. But, um, I've always been intrigued by architecture and you, you know, you look at a course like, um, whistling straights and, um, there's a lot of stuff out there visually that can make your mind wander away from a ball flight and a small target. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I, have always enjoyed, you know, obviously TPC sawgrass, that, uh, closing stretch. It, it, it really is. It's, um, it's it's made for great viewing. It's 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 perfect golf theater, and I, I think that's that, that that's what Pete I really had a knack for. And it, what I've noticed is in a lot of the uh, like the rankings where you know ex you know experts you know quote unquote are you know ranking the the best courses in the world. That I I, know, I it seems like Pete Dye over the years has you know, while he does have a lot of courses up there. You know the you know the uh, Ocean Course of Kiowa. You know, yeah. whistling straights, and it, I mean, he certainly is recognized. But I feel like with the in the last ten to fifteen years, there's been a much bigger emphasis put on the look of like natural, you know, like yeah. natural yeah. bunkers, which wasn't necessarily Pete Dye's um, no. thing. But yeah, wood, wood in almost every one of them, <laughs> right? But the thing about it is, is that had he incorporated that sort of styling into his bunkers, yeah. then I I firmly believe that he would have way more courses up there because um just because it doesn't fit the visual you know liking of some of the raiders i feel like maybe he's unduly penalized yeah. i guess because really if you get a chance to play any pete die courses like you're thinking on every single shot and it's i yeah. mean I, I i think the first pete die course i ever played was probably carmel valley ranch down in monterey which admittedly is not my favorite and um it's on a really strange piece of land especially that back nine how it sort of tries to climb the face of a mountain yeah. seemingly um so it's a little you know it, it's tough to grade anybody when they get a plot of land like that but i'll tell you what man uh the first time i went to vegas as an adult i went out and i played a couple of the 18 hole courses at paiute which has three oh, 18 hole I've, 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 courses. Heard. I've heard dude man they're so fucking good boat like honestly yeah. like every I've, I've now played all three and every one of those courses is absolutely exceptional and i would kind of imagine that anytime pete die had a opportunity to build a course on a just an open piece of land that wasn't you know in a subdivision or on oh, a crazy he, janky oh, piece of property on the side probably of just drooled fucking just, just knocked it out of the park man it. absolutely yeah. knocked it out of the park he was just really yeah. just so awesome man so i again just wanted to uh, say rest in peace to mr die um yep. yeah a, a life well lived and uh certainly left a uh, quite a footprint on the world of golf that uh, all of us are very appreciative um, for doing so um okay with that kind of stuff out of the way Boat, now is the time that I've actually been looking forward to most for this podcast, man. Uh, I want to give, not just myself, but I want to give all of the delightful humans <laughs> listening to this podcast an opportunity for them to familiarize themselves with how one properly does a buddy's trip down to Scottsdale. You have just returned from what appeared to be an absolutely epic weekend 
uh, with a bunch of friends down. I believe you guys played TPC Scottsdale, which uh, we, I want to get yep. into. But first of all, man, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit what about this trip? Uh, you know, how to come together? What was your guys' plan? And uh, yeah, just give it all to me, my friend. Yeah, uh, our buddy JD Seeger was turning forty, and his wife um, basically wanted him to leave for almost <laughs> a week. So <laughs> good wife. He texted me and was like, "Hey, we let's get a group together." Uh, I was thinking either Palm Desert or Scottsdale. I was like, "Let's do Scottsdale." And he was like, "All right, I'm in." And a um, bunch of guys from Santa Rosa and a couple of his buddies from Minnesota and, and Fargo that are part of our PDAG trip, which uh, we get yes. together every July. So there ended up being eleven of us, and um, you know, we all came in at different times on Thursday. Um, we didn't fly out of Santa Rosa because he wanted to play on Sunday and the flight back into Santa Rosa from Phoenix leaves a little bit early. So we did Oakland both okay. ways. Um, one of our buddies was already there, rented a van, um, really, really nice house just outside of Scottsdale, I believe. Um, pool, hot tubs that weren't working. Um, little outdoor, dining area, putting green, chipping green, pool table, huge couch, huge TVs everywhere. Um, huge beds in all the bedrooms. Uh, like I was in the master and there's three queen beds. Uh, so everyone slept comfortably. It was like six minutes away from Kierland, 12 minutes away from stadium course. And then obviously we could the last course we played on Sunday uh, is a little bit of ways away, but it was, uh, so Friday we did Kierlin. Um, there was a small frost delay, but at Kierlin, all the all the driving range stalls are covered and they're pumping in music. Uh, it's it. a Troon Troon course, so we got a nice little uh, Troon Privy discount. We paid one twenty instead of like two forty. Beautiful. But the cool thing, Kyle. So there's golf taxes in Arizona. <laughs> Wait, seven point four percent on anything golf. Um. <laughs> That being said, the roads were really nice, and I didn't see one homeless person, Kyle. Well, is that 7.4% worth it? Just, I think maybe. so. Yeah, just maybe. Uh, when you're shelling out 349 which translates into 370 at the stadium, of course, you're already paying that much money. Um, that's a drop in the hat. That's a couple of beers at the turn. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So I know California tried to do that a couple of years back, and it got shot down real quick, but... Um, I know we probably don't need more taxes in the state, but uh, <laughs> like I said, the roads were really nice, and I didn't see any homeless. Um, three nines at Kierlin, the Ironwood, Akacha, and Mesquite. Um, we, I think the popular two are the Ironwood and Akacha, and then Mesquite was the uh, third one we played. Um, there, it's, it's a western property, Kyle. <laughs> Resort course. All of the fairways and around the greens kicks towards the green, which I don't mind, right? No, mm-hmm. no one minds. No, no, but not at all. What was what was uh, up front was the conditions of the course, just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Got to have a big, big maintenance staff. Uh, you know, you get that you get that Palm Desert look where you got the dormant Bermuda off the fairways and everything's overseeded. The greens are like a perfect speed to hoop putts. Um, oh. They overseed, so they're not super grainy. Um, just a and their practice uh, facility was awesome there. They had a ping tour truck set up. Um, like I said, you got music coming out of a speaker right next to your balls on the ground. Uh, really, really cool place. Love it. Yeah. I, huge, I, I, huge resort. Um, if you're looking to stay at a resort instead of renting a house, that that would probably be a pretty good option because I know Weston typically has some really good stay-and-play packages. 
I know they do down in Palm Desert at mm-hmm. the uh, actually the die course uh, down there. Um, so that was that was a good Friday, and then from there, <clears throat> I would say so. So there's this uh, chain of uh, restaurants called uh, Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers, or Cheeseburgers and Cold Beer. Um, I'm interested. One of those two, and just a really cool, really cool sports bar. Um, I absolutely uh, actually ended up losing uh, credit card roulette. Are, are you familiar with credit card roulette? I, I, I am familiar with credit card roulette. Uh, I, I have not played it. My my boy Tommy, my caddy up at uh, uh, up at Bandon, was telling me a couple stories about when he was playing. How he he lost one time with a twelve thousand dollar bill, and he's contemplated committing suicide. But luckily for all of us, he he, he after, twelve thousand. After, about, after about, he eating with the, he, the, the he queen, said, he said that he likes to go out with his lady and uh, a bunch of their friends and like as couples. And they like to go to really, really high end restaurants and order a bunch of wine where it ends up coming out to like a thousand dollars a head. And uh That's ridiculous. And somehow they decided that playing credit card roulette at that dinner would be great. <laughs> and uh and he lost and it definitely took him a you know, a few hours to get those wildly dark thoughts out of his mind and then you know, <laughs> I think he had to uh I think he might have had to add a couple of extra days of looping uh into <laughs> into the mix so- afterwards. But uh go, go on. So we were thinking about going first card drawn, and it's always the, the suspense is better if you go last card drawn, right? So we're using my buddy Arts. Uh, he's got one of those uh, G four whatever hats, and it's mesh. And I can see, uh, I can see my red card, and, and my red Bank of America card is just not getting picked. I'm like, I'm gonna get freaking hosed. I know it. I know it. <laughs> and sure enough, on the last one, and. Uh, had to wear a five hundred dollar tab there. Oh boy! Um, but it was, it was, yeah, it, it, whatever. Um, couple more days of work, right? Good story. But, though. Uh, the, the best part is, so I'm like for three minutes, I'm besides myself. Like, why didn't I just pony up cash and get my card out of there? <laughs> and because uh, everyone likes a free meal, right, Kyle? Uh, that that is true, and it really, in, in credit card roulette. I mean, the odds are you're not going to pay, or much better than the fuck that you are going to pay. So why the heck not? Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was calculated. Just uh, I got I got a gust there. I got I got gusted. You did get uh, gusted. Bad break. <laughs> but um, so then you know I, after I, I recover and we're we're back at the house and everyone's playing cards, I go, you know what, guys? Actually, the joke's on you. I just switched uh, my three percent cash back to dining instead of gas. So the joke is on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a Phenomenal. fun first day and then uh saturday um a touch of class uh by tpc um one of my buddies interned with the pebbles now the uh, group tournament director there cool and um their staff emailed he, he actually facebook messaged me uh andrew yoder and he goes hey man i know you guys are at 11 10 and 11 20 on saturday decent chance we're gonna have a frost delay he goes i know you guys want to be done in time to watch a football game so i forgot arizona's a uh hour ahead too right so oh that's right he's yeah. like all right he's like i still have an 8 20 and 8 30 open he's like i'm gonna book you those and then if we have a frost delay, you guys will probably tee off around 9 45 and then you'll be done in plenty of time for the niners game and i'm like that's aces good i'm looking like dude out. good looking Amazing. out so it worked out perfectly to a t uh that facility kyle Wow! Really? Okay, because I've I've heard mixed reviews. Like I've heard it's awesome, but I've heard also enough people say, you know, there's only a few holes out there that they loved, and they thought the rest of the course was so-so. What what I'm getting from you right off the bat is that that is not the case. 
you're going to get the haters that are like, oh, you know, it's the same people that talk about Pebble. Oh, it's not that nice. Or, you know, Spyglass. Oh, it's not that nice. Mm. It's, come on. I don't, being trust, a hater. I, I, I don't trust those people. You know, they're, they're phenomenal properties, Kyle. I mean, there's not a blade of grass that's out of place at this place. Um, it just, it, it, it just looked awesome. It looked awesome. It felt awesome. The greens are perfect. Um, you know, the, the front nine doesn't get a lot of TV time, right? Um, you know, one of the holes they do show is uh, number three, the par five with it. You know, it's got the desert right before the green. Um, great golf hole. One is a basic hole, dog leg left out of the gates. Two, mm-hmm. a little bit more narrow. But once you get to three, it kind of gets out there open in the, uh, you know, in the desert. Some good par threes, but definitely the back nine is, uh, is more memorable than the front nine. Hmm. Um, usually, you know, they'll show a guy on nine if he's got a hot front nine going. Tough par four, long. Um, the, the tour tee is, it seems like it's in freaking Tempe. Um, but once you make the turn to 10, kind of a dog leg right, kind of almost, if there was one hole that's kind of like a fit in hole, I'd say that's probably it. Okay. But then you get to 11, uh, the par five with the water, um, a couple of fake coyotes on the back bank to keep the, uh, keep the geese away. I like that. Um, I like that. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, 12 is that par three where if you're right of the green, it goes into the water no matter what. Uh, downhill shot. Uh, yep. And um, yeah, and then you, and then really you get to 15, you know, the, the risk reward par five. And uh the green, it looks smaller when you're on it. Uh, you know, you watch some of those second shots. It's like, oh, the guy could pull it a little bit and still be, uh, you know, catch a piece of that bunker. That green's narrow. We had a ball land on the left side of the green that had a little bit of a uh, cut spin on it. And the thing got to the middle of the green really quick. It's narrower in the back portion than you think. And if you miss right there, back right, there's nothing to stop it. It's all shaved down. So when that pin's back right there, you know, you see some of the guys hitting in there with a hybrid or some of them hitting it in there with a wedge. Mm-hmm. If you miss it by if you know seven, eight feet right of the flag, goes all the way down in the water and it's yellow. So you got to go back and drop. Hmm. Um, that's a, it's a great hole. God, 16 was special. Um, I, you know, I shot a video. There's so many ball marks everywhere. <laughs> like they, and, and I was talking with our, our four caddy, they shut it down, uh, like 10, 10 days prior. Uh, but I guarantee you they give that, that green a lot of TLC and they probably are advising the superintendent to, to basically not put the flag where it's going to be for the four days of the tournament. Yeah, there that, was, that would make there sense. was just a ton of ball marks and it's only a wedge It's 122 yards. It's really Obviously nice the, yeah, the, wow. the tour, the tour and the pin was up, but those, the tour T is probably closer to 160, 165. Okay. I mean, still those, those are still hitting wedges. So <laughs> super cool, uh, super cool in that, in that stadium. I, I took some videos and, uh, some pictures. It was gorgeous. And yeah. then 17, really cool, drivable part four. Remember, it was a couple years ago when Ricky hit driver and he landed on the downslope and it rolled all the way, like right past the back left flag into the I water. Kinda, I do kind of recall that, yeah. It was, so the fairways were a little bit on the soft side, so conditions that day, it wouldn't happen. But um, what a neat golf hole. Uh-huh. Neat golf hole. And then 18 is just gorgeous. It's so cool with everything set up. Um, really cool. Really, really cool place. Mm. God, it sounds so awesome. overrated. It is not. Um, Good. Okay. Beautiful golf course conditions. People are super nice, Kyle. I mean, it's it's you get what you pay for, man. It's the service is awesome. Everything is professional. It's uh, the the four caddies are awesome. Um, that was great. You know, they say you're supposed to 
you know, $25 gratuity per guy. And I was like, give this guy 40 to 50 bucks, dude. He's raking everyone's trap, reading everyone's putt. At one time he's holding like eight or nine wedges in his hand and he's jogging, you know, he's giving you the description of the, of the, of the hole from the tee. And then he's jogging up there. Uh, so everyone gave him like 50 to 60 bucks and he was Good. pumped, but, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. The, the, the four caddies like that, you're earning your money. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so that, that was awesome. And they, they, they can either make your experience so, so, or they can totally elevate it. And Zach, our caddy from Wisconsin, uh, he, he bounced, bounces back between, um, Kohler and, uh, Scottsdale. He did a fantastic job. That's awesome. Yeah. Ah, that's amazing, man. Yeah. So that's uh, good. That's good. That's good to know, man. Cause, uh, when I, when I do finally make a trip down there, you know, the the debate is always, do you just go for it and say, uh, you know, you got to do it once. Yeah. You got to do it once. And and we're having so much fun. You know, we're like Saturday. We're like, so we're doing this every year, right? Like this has (laughs) just been, this has just been phenomenal. And then, um, you know, there's also the, you know, you got the talking stick casino there. Uh, there's plenty to do old town Scottsdale. So for the football, for the 49er game, we went to this place downtown called, uh, the bottled blonde. And, uh, they had a bunch of music going TVs everywhere, really good, fresh pizzas, um, all sorts of food. Uh, we, we had a pretty good time there. Um, one of our buddies, I don't know if you're familiar. I, I, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, like IPA fans and craft beer fans, you know, especially in California. Yeah. Um, one of our buddies on the trip, uh, is the, uh, proprietor of a place called resonance brewing company Okay. in, uh, San Diego, pretty big down there. And, uh, he had a, um, a pretty good day wagering. So he <laughs> sponsored, uh, I, uh, let me get there first. So there was two of them that uh, decided, Hey guys, we got to bill. Right. And it was like $1,200 and they played price of right for the bill. Oh, what, I, I, I'm intrigued. What, what exactly is price so, of right? <laughs> now, so now, this is another thing I have to know. Our good buddy, Art Hoffman, uh, from Windsor Valley mortgage. Um, I'm just kidding. I call him that. You remember that commercial? Don Johnson from Windsor Valley Mortgage. No, <laughs> no, no he works for a company called the City POS. Uh, that's great. And uh, so he goes, okay, $1, just like they do on Price of Right, right? Well, Jimmy went over. So Jimmy had to pay for the bill. <laughs> and $1,200 <laughs> with gratuity turned into 1500 <laughs> And uh, it didn't bug him because there was this uh, nice old lady out uh, outside of the restaurant as soon as we got outside of the restaurant they were selling cowboy hats and he bought one for everyone wow <laughs> what an absolute <laughs> hero <laughs> it's incredible so uh. we had a pretty fun uh pretty fun saturday uh walking back to the car i point out a very large individual i'm like that guy's an nba player and he gets closer and i'm like that's frank kaminsky from the suns i'm oh, like oh hell yeah i'm like what's up frank how's it hanging he goes oh, a little left not as long as i'd hope yeah <laughs> But uh, just a normal, just a normal uh, Saturday. Those Frank Wisconsin Kaminsky kids are fucking great. Watching a little bit of basketball with his buddies. God, it's very tall human being. Very tall. Um, that is sensational. And then, uh, yeah, Sunday, uh, same thing. Uh, you know, I called when we woke up, and they had a little bit of frost delay. At, uh, so we played the core Crenshaw course at Wicopa, the Saguaro course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I have to admit, like I, I've heard. Lots of good things. Uh, did did it live up to your expectations? And then some, Kyle. Really? Let me tell you okay. why. Awesome. So one of our buddies, Jimmy Lee, was supposed to not be with us for uh, golf on Sunday. He decides to come, and I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what we can do. You know, they're in Frostland. I'm sure they're booked out. And um, younger guy at the counter, I go, hey, I'm I'm sure you guys are uh, 
a hard no on fives, but my buddy here, he ended up coming and we didn't think he was going to play. And he, he kind of went in the back office and obviously talked to his boss and he came out. He's like, no problem, man. He's like, you guys, uh, your first group will go as five. He's like, put your better players in the first group. And I'm like, we'll keep up. He's like, I know, I trust you. Just went out of their way. Totally could have just awesome. gone by the book. And, and you know, you go to some courses and it's like, it's like a firm. We, no we got five. Can we play five or do we really have to go three and two? You know, and they're just like, they're just being dicks about it. You know, I mean, they're not in the hospitality business mind frame. You know yes. what I mean? Yep. Like elevate my experience, Daryl. So Please. this guy, this guy was absolutely nails. Uh, secondly, I go to order a breakfast sandwich, you know, croissant. You know, I don't even look at the price. And I saw someone else eating one. I go, yeah, order me one. It was like $5, Kyle. I'm thinking it's going to be like 12, 15 bucks, right? What? Five. Five bucks. I was like, whoa, whoa, Hello. whoa. Guys, let's let's look at the lunch menu too. <laughs> um, but I took a lot of great pictures there. Pure desert golf course. Whereas Kierland, uh was a little bit more parkland, you know what I mean? Like in the middle of the city. Sure. Um, uh, you know, moved all the earth, but uh, Rico Paz Seguaro, tip of the bill, the core Crenshaw. I got to believe it's one of their better designs. It was just gorgeous. I mean, you could see the whole valley. Um, greens were phenomenal. Not not a bad hole in the course because I could I could re- remember every, every one of them right now. Tee shot and approach. That's kind of my gauge. Really, um, that's that's for me as well. If I can remember every single hole out there a week later then I had myself a really good time. Good amount of elevation change for a desert course. Okay. Um, wasn't that windy? Got up to, and it, you know, it was like 62, but it feels, you know, I didn't put any sunscreen on. I got a little sun, um, it, 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 but it feels warmer. It was like a really, really, really comfortable 62. Okay. Uh, the week before, it was like mid-70s. So everyone was saying it was cold, but we were like, oh, this is fantastic. What are you talking about? No one, want, no one wants to sweat on vacation. Like this is perfect. Um, what you talking about, well, Willis? Well said. So, it was uh, just an unbelievable trip, Kyle. Um, highly advised, and everything's so convenient in Arizona. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you guys all the towns are really a lot of time close. In the car, did you? No. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Uh, all the towns are so close. Old Town was super fun. It's just, it's a clean. You know, you get a lot of college kids that probably come to work at the restaurants on weekends. Um, it's got a young, you see a lot of young people out. You see a lot of retired people out. You see a lot of trips like, you know, buddies trip guys. Um, it was just a it really convenient blast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude. I mean, it sounds awesome, man. I, I would love, love to take a trip like that, my buddy. So for, for, oh, yeah. for people that are listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, fuck man, like that does sound great. Um, what's some information like, uh, if you don't mind sharing, like super assu- convenient, in, uh, well, obviously, say, unless you're flying off flying private, uh, well, assuming that you're not Phoenix, Arizona, assuming that you're not basically losing credit card roulette or something like that. Like, yeah, how, if somebody wanted to go take like a three day, you know, trip three days, so three days, we like, had the, how much should they be budgeting for themselves? We had the, a huge house. We probably overpaid a little bit for it. Um, you know, we paid for them to heat the pool and stuff like that, but it, say we could get it, you know, with the cleaning fee around $2,000. So if you got eight guys, you know, divide that over three nights, it's way cheaper than a hotel room. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're not staying, you're not in downtown Scottsdale, but you're like a six or seven minute Uber from there. Sure. Um, so you're like two fifty a pop for, for lodging, which is fine, which is fine. And then, uh, hopefully one of the guys in your group is a, as a member at a Troon facility. And, um, we paid 120 versus 240 at Kierland. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a replay rate of eighty five dollars. Great. 
so we played 36 there. Well, some of us played 36. I had a little ankle issue. Um, but, uh, and then obviously you're going to pay a ton at the stadium course, mm-hmm. uh, 370 after tax, but yeah. totally worth it. But that is including totally a 7.4, you know, percent, uh, golf tax, which goes to great. That's Road, including so the golf tax and a four caddy. And then you just got to tip out your four caddy. So okay. that's, um, so 400 bucks, Reno, a little bit more for, for, uh, the stadium for TPC Scottsdale. And then I definitely want to put the other course at Wico Paw on my radar because that was, it was only a hundred and, uh, what was it? 190 after tax okay. for this, uh, core Crenshaw course. And I've heard the other course is, is really good as well. So I would probably do 30, you're going to do 36 there. And they might have, I didn't check, but they might have a replay rate, uh, to where you can play the other course for maybe at a discount, mm-hmm. but still. So you're looking at 400 there, 400 for the stadium course, say, say 150 for another course. So 950, 250 plus your flight. You can get it done if, unless you're losing a credit card let, you can get it done for 13, $1,400. Okay. For, I mean, shit, man, for a wild weekend filled with like world class golf and, and good time. I mean, Super cheap flights out of Oakland. Yeah. That actually seems pretty, pretty awesome. I, 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 I'm on board. Yeah. No, it's. It was it was absolutely fantastic, dude. It's just an absolute blast. It's it's all about who you're with, too. Right. I mean, if you're with if you're with the right group of guys, you could go literally find a muni. I don't think there's a muni. Uh, you know, I heard a Papago actually because they you know they shut down um, the ASU course. They shut um, it down. They like, shut down Carson. So now ASU's home course is Papago, oh. which is a really nice uh, public course. Yeah, it's the home of the uh, the cart barn guy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, also um, keep, keep this in mind, everybody. It, this is peak season, is it not? It is. Okay. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Like, so this is these are the prices that we're talking about. If you go at absolute peak season, which again, if you're going to go, well, I mean, why why not go at the best time possible? But and also, yeah. I I would look into stay and play packages like at the, at the Westin or. Uh, there's a there's two of them La Paloma closer to Tucson, um, I I think if you're if you're willing to do stay and play you could probably even get it done for even cheaper. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's yeah if you go fringe like closer to March April, obviously the rates are going to be probably half of what they are. So you can cut the cost of your trip in half. I mean, it's uh it's very doable. I love it, absolutely love it, man. Um, well shit, that sounds like a great trip. Boat perhaps at some point sometime. You know, maybe 2021. Maybe we'll have to put together a little golf guide podcast listener trip and oh, uh, do something that'd be awesome. If uh, yeah, it, it sounds to me like I'd I'd be kind of interested in doing something like that. That would be awesome. Um, perfect, man. Well, now that everybody knows how to take the most kick-ass Scottsdale golf uh, golf weekend they possibly can, it's it's now time for the uh, the portion of the podcast that <laughs> I and the listeners have been waiting for for what feels like a month now. But I I I want to know what do you have any tales from the clubhouse for us, my friend? All right, so I had one uh, just right before the new year, and um, uh, I, I kind of—I'm sorry to everybody—I kind of already know what's coming, and I'm already <laughs> laughing because I just know how great they are. P- please continue. So I'm I'm mid transaction with a guy and uh, another guy that I had just seen, you know, just completely walks in between us. He's holding out a card and goes, "Don't listen to this guy for one second. And I'm like, "Excuse me, seriously? Like not even busting your balls? Like actually dead serious? Dead serious? Any?" He goes, uh, hey, pal, this range card you sold me ain't firing. And I said, uh, sir, that's a Safeway gift card you're holding. <laughs> so there was, like, not really an apology. Kind of just a sarcastic, oh, shit, don't, and th- don't tell my son I did this. That son of a bitch is astute. <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I, I just, I, I like to think that there was somebody, someone behind him in line at the range machine watching this guy struggle, and <laughs> they see that they see that it's a Safeway gift card, and they're laughing with me. Yeah, I mean? that's so great. Um, that thing is not firing. It ain't firing. Don't trust this guy for a second. <laughs> and I'm just, uh, I, I was, yeah. Um, some people, man, they just get so caught up in being a, you know, going out of their way to be a Daryl like our buddy Patrick Reed, and uh, sometimes they they just got the blinkers on and they can't see what they're doing or how they're doing it, what they're thinking, what they're saying. But uh, a lot of Daryls out there, Kyle. A lot of Daryls. There, there most certainly is. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> woo, man. It's not firing, boat. I got to tell you right now, man. The next time we're out playing golf uh, together and, and putts aren't dropping, I'm looking at you. I'm going to look at my putter and say, "This thing's not firing, boat." This thing's not firing. This thing's not firing. Oh, that is a f- that, that is phenomenal. Oh, that's great. Anything? Uh, any other tales that uh, you got, you got to share with anybody, or is that uh, the creme de la creme? That's probably that's probably we're okay. we're gonna have trouble topping that one for a while. I mean, you never know, but uh, I I honestly do not. Uh, I. I I have a lot of faith in the uh, the Santa Rosa, California golfing public that they they, <laughs> they will be capable of somehow one upping that at some point in the not too distant future. I I have all they've the confidence been, in the world in them. They've been fairly productive. Yeah. In, <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, well, Boat, I, I got to tell you, brother, this has been awesome, man. I, I really appreciate uh, you know you coming back on. This is this was long overdue, my friend. I'm already getting stoked to do it again next week. Agreed. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, any other parting notes you got for me or for the listeners before we bid them a do boat? No, man. Perfect. Be well, get to the range, hit some balls. Love it. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast. As always, if you want to support uh, Boat and myself, uh, I mean, not financially. I mean, granted, if you want to, <laughs> f- feel free to send us a check to the Synergy Media offices. That's, that's great. But uh, if you want to support us just in spirit, uh, taking two minutes to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes is super helpful, and uh, it helps us be able to, to reach out to more golfers and uh, and share this, you know, Whatever you call this, what we do here, we could share with more people uh, with a rating and review on iTunes, so that would be awesome. Um, Other than that, everybody have a great week, uh, great weekend. We'll be back next week. I'm going to be in Orlando for the PGA Merchandise Show for my very first time, so if anybody listening to this podcast is also going to be going, uh, please reach out to me on on Twitter, Facebook. You can uh, reach me, my email, kyle at golfguy.net. How will um, they? How will they notice you? Will you be the Daryl with the mustache? I am going to be the '70s kind of wannabe porn star uh, guy, <laughs> looking guy wandering around the uh, the expo. So, uh, if you're going to be there, uh, reach out to me. I would love to. You know, I am there with no other objective than to simply try to just network and and meet new people and uh, have some some good stories to bring back for the podcast and for the magazine. So, uh, if you are there, get at me. Would love to see you. Would love to meet anybody. Uh, who, who shares a passion for golf like I do? So you'll yeah. be the you'll be the one wearing the Christmas sweater. <laughs> uh, I'm actually thinking I might have to break out my uh, my band and uh, my, my my band and Budweiser uh, golf guide hat. So that might nice. be my dis- my distinctive uh, you know uh, attribute that people can identify me by. But uh, yeah, you if go. you're going to be Orlando, I hope I get to see you. Uh, other than that, everybody have a great week. Boat, thank you again, my friend. I'm looking forward to talking to you next week, man. Sounds good, partner. All right, adios, everybody. Mm-hmm.